Hey everyone, welcome back to Answers for Everything podcast. Um, today I'm going to be talking about my book, Two Christians Who Say Being Gay is Okay. Um, I already did one segment on this, but I wanted to do another because there's been a couple of developments. Um, the first thing I would say is that... Uh, so this book, it was deleted from the site where I had it published. Um apparently due to possible violations. Although I emailed the company multiple times, they never clarified which vi- like which um, rules I violated. I read their terms and conditions, I read their code of conduct, I looked it all over very carefully, and I was unable to find anything that justified deleting my book. Um, I wasn't able to find any kind of violations. Um, yeah, and when I was researching how they decide to, to delete things, they did say that, uh, like they said on the website, that they only delete things which violate their terms, conditions, or code of conduct. And that's the only material that they delete. So, I don't know why they deleted my book. And they have not answered me. I've emailed many, many times. Um, And I actually plan to probably send another email after this. But, so I have decided that I am going to, well, at first I wasn't sure whether I wanted to um, put the book out again, whether I wanted to just, you know, call, call the mission complete, you know. Um, But... You know, I was, a few days after the book was removed, I was just browsing YouTube, and I saw, uh, there's this awesome guy named Victor Marks. I really enjoy watching his videos. Um, yeah, and I saw he had done one on homosexuality, and I've never heard his views on it, so, yeah, so I clicked on it, and I was listening, and he was interviewing... Um, a lady who used to be trans, or not trans, sorry, uh, I think she used to be lesbian, and, um, yeah, so, in the interview, she was talking about how her experience with being sexually abused as a child, um, how that actually had changed her sexuality, and how it changed the way that, that she felt about herself, um, and hearing her describing it all, it was exactly what I had described in my book. So she's talking about um, how being molested as a child had, it made her feel like being a girl meant being weak. How being a girl meant, um, you know, not being able to protect herself. And so she started to fantasize about, you know, like, live in her head, and, and in her head, she's not a girl, she's a boy, and, and feeling like that was the only way to be safe, was to not be a girl, um, and that this slowly turned into, you know, feeling like a guy, you know, gender dysphoria, and, and being attracted to girls instead of to guys, and, um, 
So, you know, when I, when I was hearing this, I had never really heard someone tell their story and have it actually, you know, follow like what I was explaining in the book. Um, in the book, I explained how things like that could cause a person to become gay or to become trans. Um, I was explaining the psychology behind it, um, all the stuff that I had studied, but I'd never actually heard someone telling their story. I hadn't really looked into a whole lot of stories. Um, I just looked into the research, really. Uh, but... Yeah, so when I heard her telling her story, and it was it was matching up so perfectly with the theories that I had come up with, um, you know, it kind of, I don't know, it, it, it was like validation, I suppose. Um, I've heard from so many, from so many pro-LGBTQ plus people, you know, I've heard them saying like, no, it's not something that develops. It's, it's something that you're just born with and blah, blah, blah. You can't change it. You're just stuck that way. You know, I've heard that so many times and, um, you know, I've always, I knew that, that that wasn't correct, but I wasn't, I don't know. I had never heard somebody actually validate the research that I had done on this and, so yeah, hearing that story, and it was like a few days after my book got deleted, so it was all still kind of fresh in my mind, and and hearing this person, uh, this lady said during her story that if she had had somebody talk to her, just talk to her, and actually let her know like actually what she's feeling is totally normal, she said that that would have saved her so many years of struggling. And, you know, she went to counselors, she went to, um, to try getting help. But the thing is that counselors and therapists, they are now required by law that if somebody comes to them struggling with gender dysphoria or their sexual identity, they are actually required by law to tell that person that that they simply are, you know, if they're gender dysphoric, to simply tell them that, you know, the answer is to change your your body. The answer is to transgender. Um, or if somebody is struggling with with thinking that maybe they're attracted to, or maybe they are attracted to, um, the same sex. If someone's struggling with that the counselor is now required to tell them that actually that is totally fine. You should, you should pursue that. You should let go of anything that's causing you to feel like it's not okay. And it's oppressive people who tell you it's not okay. That's what they're required now by law to say. And, you know, it's interesting because, um, essentially having your sexual identity or your, uh, self-identity, having either of those confused, that is actually as a result of trauma. That's as a result of, um, of how you've grown up. It's experience. It's not, it's not just built in because everything in life shapes us. 
You know, that's what life is. Life is about changing. So anything and everything about you can change in the sense that you can trick someone into thinking that they're actually a boy in a girl's body. You can trick someone into getting confused about things like that. Um, but it's not going to be healthy. You know, if you're, if you're tricking someone into something that they're not, it's not going to be healthy. And, um, I think the fact that there is so much, that there's so many mental illnesses within the community of LGBTQ+, um, I think that definitely speaks to the fact that there is something being done wrong. And from what research shows, even after a person has transgendered or, you know, after a person's totally, totally accepted that lifestyle, um, studies have actually shown that that doesn't relieve any of the symptoms. Like it, it might for a bit, right? Because because they're no longer fighting it, so in a sense it's a relief, but it doesn't actually fix the problem. They still have so many issues, um, and oftentimes certain issues will grow worse, uh, such as suicide. Now, some people will say that this is due to being bullied. Um, you know, that's, that's debatable. That's definitely debatable. Um, there is certainly a degree to which it is the fault of people for not reacting properly, for mistreating these individuals. Um, but I do not think that that is the core of the problem. I think that's just making the problem worse. So, for example, if somebody has a sliver and you don't pull it out, and then it gets infected. The infection is not the problem. The sliver is the problem. But you only notice the infection. And that's the only thing that you generally care to get rid of. But a good doctor is going to take out the sliver and then deal with the infection. So I'm not saying we ignore the infection, which would be people bullying. Not at all. I am very against bullying people for anything especially things that they're actually struggling with. Um, so I'm not saying that we ignore that, okay? And I, you know, I take full responsibility for anything that I may have done in the past um, when I was less aware of how this stuff actually worked. You know, I take full responsibility for all of that. And I think that the Christian community as a whole needs to actually come forward and accept responsibility on behalf of Christianity for the things that were done wrong in its name. Um, but that being said, I think that it would also go a long ways if we were to actually give people a second option, other than just saying, hey, you are definitely, like, this is who you are, you can't change, you must just embrace it, and, you know, and just completely disrespect anybody who, 
who disagrees with you because you know what the fact is they're just trying to make you feel bad and blah 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 um that's not that is not the answer to have that attitude so we need to have a second option so yeah there should be the option there should absolutely be the option of if you want to get the surgeries and you want to do all that other stuff go right ahead but if you do not want to, because I've heard of a lot of people who don't actually want to be that way, who do not actually want to be part of LGBTQ. I've heard of a lot of people like that, and because they couldn't change, they actually ended up committing suicide. And I think that is actually a very large percentage of the suicides. Um, so for those people who do not want to be a part of it, we need to have the option of saying, you know what, you can actually work on this. You can actually find ways to get, to get into control with this. Um, and ways would be dealing with the trauma that you've actually been through, dealing with what it is that's making you feel as though there's something, as though there's something wrong with you, as though there's something different about you. Um, to work on your self-identity and your sexual identity. Uh, so we need to have that second option. And that was the only thing that my book really pushed. Um, that as well as not allowing children to make adult choices, such as not allowing them to take hormones, not allowing them to take blockers, because blockers are actually very, very dangerous they stop important chemicals and hormones from happening in the brain, which actually stops key brain development, which happens during puberty, right? Because um, blockers, they're meant to stop puberty. But puberty is the stage in which your brain develops the most, and it develops all of the normal life skills that you need, such as decision-making, um, regulating emotions, like all that stuff... When we give children blockers, their brains do not properly develop to full capacity in those areas. And so we are actually creating very unstable adults when they grow up. Um, so anyways, so those were the, the only points that I was really making that disagrees with the current LGBTQ plus agenda, is that we need to have a second option. For people who don't actually want to be that way. We need to stop telling them that they can't change. Because the fact is, life is about change. That's all it is. You can change drastically in life. And you can change that no problem. So, having a second option. Not allowing children to make adult choices. And not allowing children to take hormone blockers. Those were the three things that um, that I stood against in that book. Um, and those were the three... Th it was actually shocking. Because all of those three things are focused on making sure that children are properly protected and making sure that people actually have rights. Making sure that people can actually make choices. And I think that those actually made people more angry 
than me proving that the Bible that the Bible says that homosexuality is not okay. It actually made people more angry. And, um, yeah, because the Bible says it's not okay. I very clearly state that in the book, and I refute arguments against it. Um, that was what the whole book was about. It wasn't about saying that homosexuality isn't okay. It was just about um, correcting someone who is saying that the Bible doesn't mean what it means, right? And if they had written it about any other topic, I would have responded exactly the same. It's not because it was about homosexuality. Not in any sense. It was only because it was twisting the Bible. Um, and the only reason that these other topics even came up about how we need other choices for people who don't want to be LGBTQ and how we need to protect kids. Um, the only reason that those things came up was because I had so many people accusing me of all these things that I've never said. Um, I had people coming to me and, and accusing me of trying to take away their right to marry whoever they want to marry, trying to take away their right to, to transgender and people you know, like, they were accusing me of all these things that they associate with someone who who disagrees with whether or not it's immoral, right? Whether or not um, it was the original design. And whether or not the Bible supports it. So, people, they right away associate, if you think this thing that they disagree with then you must think everything that they disagree with. Um, so I had people coming to me and accusing me of all kinds of things that I've never said before. And that's the only reason that that book had more content than it, than uh, simply refuting what was said about the Bible. Um, but back on topic. So after I watched that video, um, it kind of struck me I don't know, it became real to me again that there are actually people out there who don't want to be that way, but they're, in a sense, being forced to because they're told they have no other choice. And that kind of got the, the fire going again. And then from there, I came across many, many, many other testimonies of people who, you know, exactly what I described in the book... Um, feeling alienated, which led to deciding that they're trans, um, feeling like they don't fit in as they are, so, so there must be something wrong with them, and then they explore their sexuality, and, and maybe somebody will suggest to them that, oh, you must be gay, and then, you know, power of suggestion takes over from there, and, yeah, so I came across so many stories that, described exactly what I had explained in the book and and so many stories of people who they were actually being horribly mistreated for choosing to leave the LGBTQ plus community and people who were basically forced into it because you know they're being told again that you can't change this is just the way you are all that stuff um so because of that I decided that I am going to publish the book again 
also remembering all the Christians that, all the young Christians that have come to me saying um, how they, they've they never really been able to hear the issue being addressed by, by the church or by other Christians. It's kind of just a hush-hush topic and we don't really talk about it. Um, and also having some really good conversations with the LGBTQ plus community, members of it. Um, I've actually had, while I've had a ton of hate mail over the past four months of having the book out, um, I've also had some really good conversations with gays, with transgenders, and, you know, they actually, they come to me and, you know, at first they're defensive, which I don't blame them for. I know that they've been mistreated many times. Um, so at first they're a little defensive, yes, but after we talk for a little bit and I just kind of, you know, they'll, they'll usually have some kind of misguided idea of what I believe and then I'll just correct it. And then after we've talked for a little bit, we actually get to a point of like, I respect you, you respect me. And, and we actually, we just become friends and, and we kind of unite with a common goal of wishing that people could just talk and understand each other and be okay with a little bit of disagreement so long as they're being polite. Um, and, you know, I've even had a homosexual come to me and they, after talking a little bit, they actually wanted to read the Bible. Like they, they were actually getting interested in it and they were asking me where to start. And so yeah, just looking at, there's just a ton of good things that I could say that came from this book. And, you know, it was out for a total of four months. Um, and it reached over 6,000 reads. And, you know, I talked to, oh, so many of those people. And, yeah, like, there, there's just so many things that I could say about it. Um... But through remembering all of that, all the good that came from it, and hearing these stories of how many more people need to hear that message, um, I've decided that I'm going to release the book again. Uh, this time I'm going to release it on Amazon Kindle. Uh, it should be out... Hmm, I don't know if I should give an exact release date, but it'll probably be out within the next week or two. Um, and then after that, I will be taking a break from the debates because, you know, it's it's been a really, really crazy past few months with with talking to people and, and writing the book at the same time. Um, but yeah, so it should be out in the next week or two. I just need to fill out a little more paperwork, and then I can put it out. But, yeah, I was going to originally put it, because you can't really put it for free, so I was originally going to do, like, one or two dollars, um, but the minimum that I'm allowed to post it for is three, so I know that that will make it, you know, not as easily accessible, but I'm keeping the price rock bottom, three dollars, that's, that's the least that I'm allowed to charge, so... I'm keeping it rock bottom because, again, the goal is not to make money. The goal is to distribute this book as far as it can go. 
So, yeah, I will announce when the book is out. Uh, but yeah, until then, I hope I've given you guys some things to think about. And I've been debating writing a bit of a sequel to that book. Um, with more of the focus on on the message that that I now want people who don't want to be part of LGBTQ+. Um, I want to write a book with the message that I want them to hear. But, you know, again, it's, it's all up in the air for now. But that's what's been going on. And, yeah, maybe over the next few episodes I may go through the book and explain what's all in the book. Yeah, so that's this week's podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, I know you've been waiting quite a while for this update, but yeah, it's finally out. So <laughs> yeah, I will see you guys next time. Thanks for listening.